0: Hey, ZeroBlock30 listeners, you can find us every Tuesday and Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Pride members can also listen ad-free on Amazon Music.
1: Did you know that this March, a whopping 86% of you will be sneaking peeks at the games when you're supposed to be working? It's the least productive month in sports, and Dave and & Buster's is celebrating with an all-day $5 happy hour on March 21st for the first round of games. So ditch your second tabs for big screens, cold beers, and free Wi-Fi. But most importantly, stop pretending to work at the office and start pretending to work at Dave and Buster's on March 21st at participating locations only.
0: Revely revely revely. Welcome back to another edition of Zero Blog 30. I'm Chaps. We got Cons and Kate here, too. We're getting ready to do another wrap-up. Obviously, there's been a lot of information that's taken place just in four short days. And I think that sometimes when there's huge events going down in, in the world, four days between episodes can seem like a lifetime. It can seem like a whole cycle. It can seem like everything's changed. There's been so many developments in the last shit 96 hours, essentially, where one... We thought that we saw maybe the greatest single story in Ukrainian or like in wartime that we've seen in a long time as far as group valor with the Snake Island situation where they said Russian warship, go fuck yourself. The initial reports there from across the globe, multiple media outlets was all 13 died. Now this morning, it comes out that they are not dead, but they are POWs. And it was almost like this feeling on the internet where it was like, oh, well, that's a bad thing like no dude they're good like they're yeah. they're alive that's they're a great pri- thing they're yeah. prisoners of war which obviously sucks nobody wants to be a prisoner of war that would be ov- awful but they're not dead so there's hope that they're going to be able to rejoin their families one day and that's what you should choose to think about rather than them being dead and it ruins some internet folklore thing that nobody should give a fuck about since the people are alive like they're right, alive yeah. that's great like,
1: that's what matters we, that's we want matters. people to
0: live like that's a I, I mm-hmm. think that that's a maybe a ZBT only thing. Like as far as military things. Yeah. yeah, we want people to live. Like we're not mm-hmm. down for everybody dying. Putin, however, he can feel free to die anytime he wants to. Um, that's his prerogative, and I hope Ukrainians help him out with that at some point. That would be fantastic. But we are going to cover some other things today as well because we have three rounds in the magazine. Round number one. Although the war is going to be the focus of most of the show and of the entire world's attention, we're going to talk about some other stuff, too, because our brains need a break. And we're going to start with the simple question of, should we kill every single mosquito on the face of the earth? Unless you tell me this. Kate, the fucking horse story that you had. Remember? The horse story. Oh, horse. Mm-hmm. Assateague
1: Island, mm-hmm. yes, for a quick mm-hmm. refresher for those who don't know, when I was underage and couldn't we'll go to the bars. We'll get into that in
0: the actual round kick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, was,
1: I was naked, there was mosquitoes. Every time Ugh. I hear
0: a story and about horses. vicious mosquitoes, it's the first story that pops into my brain now.
2: Unless you tell me there's some huge benefit of mosquitoes, I'm just flat out saying, no, we don't need them. So we'll we'll find out
0: because we're going to get into that in round number one. Round number two, heat waves have caused our beloved honeybees to ejaculate themselves to death, which brought up some memories of a ZBT group chat and with our old guy, Kyle, who's still in on it as well. And then finally, round number three, we're going to get into all the Mm -hmm. updates from Ukraine. We have an awesome interview with Nola Haynes, who is a professor at Pepperdine. She is a graduate of Harvard Divinity School and has been working in national security for a while. She's been doing all kinds of things and briefing and works with some nonprofits. She's a very impressive person. I learned a lot sitting down and talk with her. You will too. Um, There are some points that need to be made that she makes that I had never thought about in probably wouldn't have ever thought about if I'd have lived 50 lifetimes. And I always find those are the conversations like when I leave them and where it is really remarkable what some people put together that I never would because our perspectives in life from the, the way that we approach things, the way that we were raised, the way that we were educated, the way that we were brought up, all those things come together at a culmination and you could end up with groupthink in a lot of ways. Um, with military backgrounds and military veterans and the way that we approach the war it, you can almost have group things. So it's nice to have somebody come in, not that doesn't have uniform experience, but has a lot of insight and intellect to go along with it. You're going to enjoy that interview. And it's all going to be brought to you by our good friends at Whistlepig. If you haven't tried Whistlepig yet, I'm not sure what you were waiting for. It's fantastic. It's delicious. It's light. It's refreshing. It's a piggyback barrel age craft cocktail that comes in a can. It's so much better than seltzer. It's crisp, refreshing, and super bold. People are going bananas. I, I put up a poll. Or no, maybe John did. Somebody did. Blackberry is the overwhelming favorite. Did you guys? Th- I would have thought it was citrus mint. Oh, mm, blackberry no, is my Blackberry favorite. makes sense. So, yeah, the other day too. I
1: needed like a refreshing, but they're all refreshing. But I went with the citrus mint and then the ginger too is delicious. But I I don't know. There's something about the color of the
0: blackberry one. that's just, it's just Yeah, I love purple. I mean, if a good purple or lavender shows But it's shows not up,
1: purple, but bottom. it's like this beautiful, you're right. It's like this like, Fuchsia? it's a fancy drink. It's a fancy drink
0: color. I don't know. I love it it is and it's great in a can or it's i think it's even more delightful when you pour it out over ice and you're in like a pint glass you just feel like you're just having the time of your life it's great make sure you go check some out at piggybackcraftcocktail.com for more or you could just grab them in your local stores they're showing it up and it's so cool to see like the social media whenever people are posting that they got it they're like hell yeah it's in my local store i don't have to pay for shipping anymore good Just go get it. That's all that we care about is that you're buying some Whistlepig helping us out and helping them out. Um, All right. Let's get going with the show today. Lots of stuff going on in the world. It was, this is, no, wait, we're not starting with Ukraine stuff. We're moving on. We're going to do that last. That makes sense because that's what we want to talk about a lot. Kate, let's get going with round number one. Let's talk about what we have here with some mosquitoes to see if cons can get rid of all of them or not.
1: Round number one. Yes. As you know, I have extensive experience of mosquitoes mm-hmm. one when i was i think i was 1920 couldn't long story short me and my buddies went down to ocean city maryland on a whim on a friday night in the summer thinking we could find a hotel room and find some adult to buy us booze and whatever we found the adult to buy us booze we could not get ourselves a hotel room was it so party we, tech? we went down to ass it was not we went down to <laughs> assateague island like 30 minutes south to we'll just camp out whatever i got very drunk Went skinny dipping in the middle of the night. You could hear horse hooves a clopping around. And the ocean. I think skinny dipping in the
0: ocean is a dangerous move, Kate.
1: Yeah. Well, if you have a penis, maybe. I don't have a, anything dangling that a fish would. Well, be what into. about
0: people that have that are subscribed and post consistently on our long boobs?
1: I now I would have an issue, but back then <laughs> I was okay. Okay. Uh, long story short, I woke up in the morning. I just slept out under the stars with no bug spray and they do not spray that island for mosquitoes, like whatever. And I was, I looked like I had leprosy pretty much what happened there. It was one of the worst. When I tell you, they got in every crevice of my body. Like I was so passed out. I didn't feel them crawling into my britches. You know
0: what I mean? Oh Um, yeah.
1: So that was rough. Mm. I always
0: think it's whenever you have those moments and somebody is covered in mosquito bites, ant bites is terrible too. When I was, (sighs) when I was little, my grandfather, we would go outside and we were constantly barefoot. I mean, it's just like a Northern Florida thing, just never wear shoes in the summer. And so I was outside standing in an ant, a fire ant pile. And I didn't know it until they started biting. And my whole feet, both of my feet were just completely ate up where it has like the white pimples all over, almost cover my entire feet. And anytime somebody saw me for the next couple of days, whenever they could see the imp, they'd be like, they make that noise like yeah. ah. with,
2: with with those amplites can you like pop them
0: yeah you can but then it makes yeah. it even more itchy and it then makes you're it prone mm. to infection so what my grandma did and i don't know if this is even effective effective or not she would put in like the big pot that you would cook like spaghetti noodles in and she would put apple cider vinegar and uh Our homemade aloe plants. She would break a couple of limbs off and put it in there, and she'd just tell me to soak my feet. And honest to God, I don't know if it was a placebo effect, but it worked. And then she would just turn around
2: and make spaghetti with that same mixture, (laughs) fresh fresh from what not not
0: constant. That's
1: right. I have this memory (laughs) from childhood. My cousin's stuff getting stung by bees, and my aunt, I swear this would mix like mustard with mud and and like vinegar and a couple other things and make like this little mud patch. I don't know if whatever. It makes
0: sense because like even with that's probably the same thing because mustard is vinegar based it's probably yeah. the vinegar and mustard that works i don't know i don't know wow. mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. vinegar I... will clean your plates all right let's get on with the story
1: <laughs> the other thing too paris island sand mm. fleas, mosquitoes whatever we would get done chow we would all form up outside and then they mm. make us put our arm on the recruit next to us and and look at it and you would just have to watch they'd say time for the fleas to eat their dinner is what mm-hmm. the drill instructors would say and you would just sit there oh. and look at your arm as all the sand fleas landed on it and
0: sucked you dry and, and the drill instructors putting on like what was that shit called like the skin so de- soft no oh. like skin so soft because it wouldn't smell like bug spray and they yeah. would put it on like in front of you and then just stand outside whenever the sand fleas are like feasting and you can't move or like yeah. scratch or anything and they'll be like one day this might save your life, but right now it's just enjoyable for us. We knew
1: blood, but the fleas <laughs> keep sucking. You know what exactly I mean? Exactly right, gang. Am I right, gang? <laughs> exactly anyway, right. this comes to us from Live Science. Uh, mosquitoes, folks. Throughout human history, wars, battles, and conflicts are thought to have resulted in the deaths of around 1 billion with a B people. But that's nothing compared with the number of humans killed by mosquitoes. The journal Nature suggests that nearly half of all humans who have lived during the last 50,000 years owe oh, their death to this deadly insect and its capacity to transmit one particular disease, malaria.
0: Isn't that mosquito- insane? Half of the people who have ever lived on earth died because of a mosquito bite. Mosquito bite. That's, that's crazy. crazy when you
2: put it in that
1: context. right? Yeah. I mean, look, at the Black Plague was fleas, the, the bugs, and all that mm-hmm. shit's crazy. Mosquitoes are central to the spread of malaria, which is caused by a parasite that killed around 627,000 people in 2020 alone. Well done and, on the
0: number, Kate. You As have to I was really reading it. it, my brain was like, keep going, bitch, keep going, bitch, keep going. And I <laughs> think mean,
2: Kate, does, Kate does really well when there's nothing after the
0: comma. Oh, when yeah. there's stuff
2: after the comma, that's when she Forget gets it. Up. And then, then
0: you throw in a million in there. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Forget of mercy. it. No. Yeah. Forget yeah. it.
1: Well, 620, 627,000 <laughs> oh. people in twenty twenty alone, as well as viruses such as Zika, West Nile, and the Dengue, the Anopheles Gembi mosquito, which is common in rural parts of Africa, is often dubbed the most dangerous animal species on earth, according to a 2020 study.
0: So, I would keep, kill to have Zika back instead of coronavirus. Like yeah. just give me Zika. Because <laughs> we thought days. Zika was a big deal. Zika was here gone and gone in like half of a supper. Like I've I've had dinners longer than Zika was around. Yeah, that was that. People were a little afraid to go
1: to Disney, but that was it. So, <laughs> given that mosquitoes are so deadly, should we just kill them all? And if we were to take such such drastic measure, what would the consequence okay, be?
0: Okay, now I know you guys haven't read the article. What do you think? Because there is this book I picked it up at the airport. Airport's really the only place I ever buy books. Yeah, and same. I it's mm-hmm. like a weird thing. If I got, I'm in there, I'm just naturally drawn to Hudson books. Like I have to go in there and buy something. I bought this book called What If? And it takes these questions that like second, third graders would ask their parents or their teachers and it actually answers them. So like one of them would be like, what would happen if God had huge hands and just stopped the earth from rotating? in the middle of the solar system, what would happen? And they go into a physics lesson about what would actually happen, how people's bodies would essentially just turn Kurt to mush. Kurt Vonnegut book, by the way, Time Quake. great book. Oh, shit. So yeah, like there's a lot yeah. of, what do you guys think would happen if we got rid of mosquitoes off the top of your head? Cons. we'll start with you. We would have
2: much more enjoyable summers and barbecues outside in the evening hours. Mm-hmm,
1: Kay. yes. Uh, But I think so many other animals like birds would be fucked because that's like their number one dinner, probably. And then whoever eats birds would be fucked. And then whoever eats the birds, birds, birds would
0: be fucked. Because that's what that's what it seems like. Right. Like, it seems like everything just like economy. Whenever you talk about Ukraine and Russia. Where you're like, well, they are the top two producers of wheat in the entire world. And so now wheat's going to be more expensive. They also have a of natural gas. You're going to pick that up. That's going to make 80 wheelers more expensive, which causes everything. And there's this chain of reaction. So you would assume everything together is connected under the sun. Like that's just the way it's always Circle been. Life. Yeah. That's the way it's going to be. Let's see if that's actually true. Okay, here we go. Oh yes. That's me. That's for me to read. I thought
1: you were about to tell me I was so riveted. I said, Oh, let's go. Well, before you grab the bug spray, know this, while some mosquitoes are dangerous to us, not all of them are. Even those that are sometimes harmful tend not to feed on humans, preferring honeydew plant sap and nectar. According to mosquito Joe mosquito control company, there are around 3,500 mosquito species, but only around hundred will potentially bite and spread disease to humans. If humans decide to selectively eliminate disease carrying mosquitoes. There are a few options. One, so you got like such... 100
0: grunt mosquitoes, and then you have like 3,400 pogue mosquitoes.
1: Yeah, all the little <laughs> pogue mosquitoes just hanging out. Um, one such solution involves releasing mosquitoes carrying Wolbachia bacteria, so kind of diseasing them and wiping them out. Mm-hmm. However, given mosquitoes are a primary food source for numerous animals, including bats, birds, frogs, fish, and dragonflies it's likely there would be at least some ecological impacts in the short term. Dragonflies, for example, are often known as mosquito hawks, owning to their ability to eat as many a hun- as 100 in a single day. It's likely That being they- said,
0: did you guys know that I'm going to have a dragonfly farm this year? No. Because I jealous. did a lot of research and reading about that last year because we have a pool and there's like oak trees and stuff here. So whenever the leaves come down, that's where mosquitoes will lay their larva and they'll have like all the mosquitoes around. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have two separate pods of dragonflies that we're going to try to have to make them essentially military working dragonflies taking out all the mosquitoes around my pool.
1: Smart. Hmm. You know what else is a sign of a healthy yard? What? Like my friend bought a house and she was like, oh, I finally got one of these in my yard. I've seen one of these in my yard, which means the ecology of my yard's doing pretty good. Toads and frogs. Oh. They actually sell little toad and frog houses, these little things. You could put a little water in and you keep them in the corners of your house. Yeah. So if you've got toads and frogs in your yard, you're doing pretty well. Damn. Anyway, however, despite <laughs> this lack of consequential clarity, um, people agree that it became possible to kill off every mosquito capable of transmitting malaria and other diseases, even if it also meant wiping out all mosquitoes that aren't dangerous and blah, blah, blah. Long story short, they're saying, I think we could kind of live without them we yeah, should do it saying, the, go ahead
2: all those other yeah all those other animals would find something else to eat They'd did you okay. know they tried to do it
0: no, no. they did and <laughs> it happened at the university of florida and do you guys have love bugs up there
2: we might call them something differently like they're what?
0: almost like little kind of flies but not as strong wings and they're often connected yes. nut to butt like and they're yes. flying in the sky like that did you know that's an invention from the university of florida that they tried to genetically modify a certain bug and they were going to release it in the swamps of okeechobee in florida lake okeechobee and it was supposed to kill all the mosquitoes well it did not work and now there's just a thousand <laughs> fucking ladybugs are love bugs everywhere love bugs. and those things are so acidic they'll take the paint right off your bumper kate
1: that's Oof. like the lantern flies. They leave this acidic like shit sh- sh- shit chart everywhere yeah. all over like playgrounds and trees and whatever. That's is not that what you call
0: either. lightning bugs is?
1: No, no, there's a, there's another no, thing. Lantern flies. It's it's in the East Coast. It, they arrived a few years ago and they've just fucked shit up. They, and- they're fucking up beer. They're eating all the barley and hops and shit <sighs> like that there yeah and they're very detrimental to golf courses so when
2: you see them on the golf course you're supposed to kill them because they like destroy trees and such on golf Mm -hmm. courses
0: can we take a can we take a pause real quick so i can make a show announcement yes okay i (laughs) got (laughs) corrected all right so there is cons if there is a deficiency in the military what do you need if you can identify a deficiency what do you need to corrective go along action? with the deficiency. A corrective action. That's exactly right. I got corrected on Twitter about my attitude towards cons. Wow. I was told by a Twitter user that listened to the show. I can't remember her name off the top of my dome. She was like, listen, chaps, stop being so fucking mean to cons. His points are valuable. Stop interrupting him. So what we're going to do, interrupting jar. I am going to make a concerted effort- <laughs> To interrupt cons and Kate way less. Did and you I, just interrupt us to tell us? that? I did. Yes, that's mm. how I drew it up. Uh, In the so jar, I am mm. going to be interrupting way less and giving cons the floor more because the people want to hear from cons. Whether it be about stuffed nachos, whether it be about whatever it Char-trudery. is, charcuterie, charcuterie, cons has got it. Haircuts, anything that he wants Golf. to talk about, he's got the floor Last too. Point. So. I'm, I'm going to draw the line at West Point. New We're not going to do that. There's going to be some bon sort of decorum on the show. Um, yes. But, but that's how it's going to go. So there. Karaoke? that's my apology to cons.
2: Yeah. Uh, apology accepted. I appreciate that. We are an organization, a squad, a show that looks to not stay stagnant and looks to improve as we continue on this journey. And we don't just accept mediocrity and we continue to look for ways to improve ourselves so thank you very much and thank you to that listener and i saw angie, you open your mouth just I think now. Name is. yeah angie thank you angie thank you angie so let's so, do anyways. thumbs up
0: thumbs down on killing all mosquitoes up or down oh big time thumbs up i'm big time. Thumbs, mean- thumbs up too there's no consequence
1: did you know hawaii didn't have any until 1826 when a foreign ship brought them there
0: how pissed yeah, off would you so be if pissed. you're hawaiian
1: I'd be so pissed. Oh, my God. They live everywhere in the world except Antarctica and Iceland. And that they would fuck up the ecosystem, basically, though. What we, was it, went, it
0: uh, Kate, that we, we did talked about it on the Chaps and Kate show a while ago, and I think it was from Canada. Was it Canada that doesn't have mice? What was it that Canada doesn't it was rats.
1: have Canada rats? Canada doesn't have rats. Or it's a certain area of Canada that doesn't have Alberta rats. Wasn't it Alberta or British yeah. Columbia? Something like I that? I think it's Alberta that doesn't have rats
0: Yeah. Yet. what an accomplishment yeah i know Your brain knows about, imagine you could just hold them hostage You'd be like i got all these rats and i'm gonna release okay. them and this rat's about fuck.
1: this rat's about to pop 15 babies out and i'm gonna squeeze her in a second and send them flying all over. yeah that was a weird oh thing.
2: Hmm.
0: have you guys ever seen what a colostomy bag is tied to yeah um i don't maybe i don't know why okay describe it the best you can
1: isn't it tied to you like it's, it's a, the poop yeah, like I know it's what
0: a colostomy bag is, it. but yeah, but have you never riders. seen the little thing that it attaches to? It looks like a bloody finger. Yeah, I didn't know. And it caught me off guard. I mean, I'm where did saying, that come from? <laughs> just thinking about things. I don't know about like rats and stuff. And recently I saw this colostomy bag on TikTok. I'm not making the connection. I'm here. not either, but oh. I needed to tell you guys and okay. somebody took it off they took off the colostomy bag and it's like a bloody finger that you got to attach it to.
2: I see what you're saying now because I Google imaged it and I understand that and I never gave thought to that because I don't really want to think too highly or in depth about colostomy bags. I've known a thanks. couple
1: people who deal with that and a that's a tough go.
0: But yeah, it is a you're tough not. go. And I, I tough. mean, honestly, if I could go back and somebody said, hey, dude, you could get a colostomy bag and just never have to deal with diarrhea ever again. You could eat whatever you want. It doesn't seem that bad.
2: Eh, but you got to wear that thing.
1: No, no, no. You got to wear that thing. Yeah, but chaps thing. would revel in that.
0: Yeah, I would. I would talk about it all the time. Yes. There's this other yeah. dude on TikTok, Kate. You might know him because, Cons, you don't do a whole lot of TikTok goofing. Mm-mm. Are you familiar with the diaper dynamo? No. Oh, it's a, it's a guy who's probably 30 and he's incontinent. he wears a diaper all the time. Talks about it. It's fascinating, like his life mm-hmm. and what he does. TikTok has taught me so much about folks that have different things going on medically that I would have never known about. It's fascinating.
1: Can I say something?
0: Yeah. Not to circle it back
1: to what's going on with Ukraine and Russia. I feel like this round going off the rails is a symptom of, because like I couldn't, again, we said this last episode constantly, all night long, I wake up, I'm Mm. sitting there holding the baby at three in the morning. I'm typing in Russia, Ukraine, update, update, update. I'm feeling this sense of doom on my, and like we're fortunate that we can, we are, can step away from it. And I do feel like I am hitting the point where I'm like, hold on, let me shut off my brain for a second, because there's nothing I can do right now. And I go to TikTok and I'm like, oh, cool. Uh, And I do understand that. And
0: (laughs) And I know on a military show, it can feel like a little insensitive that we're talking about other things or even like posting on DBT, like on the Instagram, Twitter, like if it's not Ukraine related, it almost you almost feel guilty for it. But in reality, there has not been a spot on the world that has not been going through armed conflict in the last like 3000 years. It's constant and going on all the time. I think this one is obviously it's very different because it's two huge countries that have social media and they're all on TikTok. They're all dancing. They're all doing whatever. And then you just see it and it is difficult to move on to the next thing in your life. And I'm not sure what's right or wrong about that. It's just a statement of fact of how life is. But you can't constantly just be in other people's world and not worry about the one that is surrounding you too like it is it's it's a balance and it's a tough one to follow yeah to I set one. my
1: phone down a few times over the weekend I'm like I just because I feel this sense of like oh my god I have to do so. like you're seeing these things you're like oh my god what do I do and it's like there's right now just waiting and keeping up with the so anyway it's kind of nice to uh, that sounds shitty I guess you feel bad for yeah talking about anything else but
0: but you yeah, should but you still have if a if you were if you were back in Afghanistan mm. and you were conducting operations in Afghanistan would you want everyone in America just to constantly be thinking about what you're doing and if you're safe my answer is yes. Right.
1: yes yeah yeah absolutely yes <laughs> yes
2: yeah of course this, this is all about me but there's yeah. we had the that, of that of for a, a good show. 3
1: years in the beginning you know we had that for a good but
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. have cnn little con news network and just talk about what he's doing in the Baghdad area that'd be fantastic it was yeah. a
1: crazy thought I, i'm being mm. like a, i was looking at my son this week i'm playing in his room and i'm like oh my god like the war in afghanistan went on for 20 years and some of those kids at the end who were babies when it started i was like this would be like my son looking at him now and knowing that say we were in Ukraine, 20 years from now he would be in the army finishing up
0: that war like isn't that a crazy thought like nuts yeah it's hard to put it in perspective it's impossible i don't think that there is any like we say that all the time and i think it's true there is no perspective when you're talking about large scale conflict and how long it lasted and how long it's going to last and all the different things it's insanity that sometimes you need to sit back relax with a little three chi three chi is the industry leader in delta 8 thc products that's a federally legal version of thc and is a much more Functional alternative to marijuana. It gives you an amazing buzz and a great feel with clear head and less anxiety. Our guy Large was talking about it on Podfathers this morning. That he went he went to Disney World with his family, spent two full days at the park at Magic Kingdom and the other parks that are around, and he only got to ride four rides because it, the lines were so long at Disney. He was like, if I didn't have the three chi drink additives that I could put in that have 20 milligrams of THC in it, I'd have lost my mind. So if you're going to go to one of those places because mask mandates are essentially gone across the country now and everything's open back up, people have been waiting on going vacation. If you go like Large did to Disney World or someplace like that right after the entire world opens up. buddy, you better bring some three chi because you're going to be standing in line for a while. Go to three chi.com. That's the number three chi.com. Use the promo code blog to take 5% off your purchase. Must be 21 to purchase. Use responsibly. All right, let's move on to round number two. This one, a little bit different. And we, honest to God, I just put a couple fun, more fun things in here because I didn't want the whole show to be sad and frustrating and anger inducing. So we're going to talk about bees coming. Kate, what do we got?
1: We got uh, bees. Yeah, yes. we got bees. Um, bees cannot sweat. Mm. I don't think any insect can. So when a record breaking heat wave hit back in June 2021, drones fled their colonies in search of water, some descending on the burlap sack covered kiddie pools dotting Emily Huxter's Armstrong British Columbia Farm. At over 200 beats per second, bees' wings would have helped cool their tiny bodies as they desperately lugged water back to their colonies. Somewhere along the way, a lot of them didn't make it. That next morning, Huckster went out to her yard to check on her petite livestock. Dead drones everywhere, she remembers. In the grips of heat stress, their sex organs had exploded out of their bodies. The bees oh. had ejaculated to death.
0: Ugh. if I, I had a nose. This
1: is horrible. Uh, it it's was not, unbelievable. That's a, if Huckster.
0: you're a bee... Honest to God, if you're a bee, that's a great way to go out. I mean, what's your best case scenario? Dying as a bee? Getting eaten by a dragonfly or something? Like there's no, I guess best case scenario is just flying and falling out of the sky of old age. Yeah, but that ain't gonna happen. Like we talked, didn't we talk about that a couple weeks ago? That I don't think any animals really die of old age. Like just humans die of old age. Get out. Yeah. Hold on, time out.
2: Honeybees lifespan. 30 to 60 days that's it that's when do get.
0: they start not, coming though how do we know when they come
1: right not not exactly sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> all right okay, keep going
1: oh, yeah they had incredible <laughs> losses oh so basically she said they she found all these dead bees they had their man parts out she calls them i'll be honest with you i didn't know bees had genitals oh yeah huge. I don't, me neither like I don't know comparatively how I to they, the rest of
0: their bodies just absolute units of genitalia
1: i don't know how i thought they reproduced um then she checked on roughly 300 starter hives, where she rears her queens, each worth hundreds of dollars. About 70% were dead or missing. Um, we had incredible losses. It was really scary, she said. Then we were like, oh my gosh, what's happening? So Huckster calls up the University of British Columbia. She calls up this researcher, Allison McAfee, who, postdoctoral student at the Beehive Research Center, mm-hmm. had run experiments on how bees respond to heat. At 40 degrees Celsius, heat stress affects a bee's ability to mate. At 42 degrees celsius at least half of drones had been found to spontaneously ejaculate and die for some reason they haven't figured out so that just goes to show people are like oh what difference does one degree make in the world scheme of things for a bee
0: duh yeah but you're like sitting there one moment you're just hovering around and doing all Colin Paul, and it. next thing you know you comb yourself to death
1: right now within weeks thankfully a lot of female bees survive because they're faking it still <laughs> Uh, within weeks, climate scientists found the heat wave that scorched British Columbia and the U.S. Pacific Northwest was made 150 times more likely due to climate change. By 2040s, its record temperatures could return every five to 10 years. That's a lot of bee cum. Mm-hmm. This next part Which is turns ridiculous. out is not honey, as I had thought all these years. Oh, I thought that's what honey was. Hmm. Like I've a, been feed, we Wind had a hive kind back of a home. Pervert, if you look I at was it always, that way,
0: just licking it up leaving. like a big old honeybee cream pie.
1: Pineapples. I was leaving mm. a lot of pineapples around mm-hmm. for
0: the beef. You can make pineapple honey. Oh, actually I have some. Uh, let me show I'm sure you. I'm sure you do. I do. Somebody sent it to me from uh Hawaii. Look at this. Oh wow. Fancy. Oh man, Whoa. that's a nice jar.
2: That's a heck of a jar, too. Uh-huh. So, hope, so this one is, really is actually
0: it's honey that was pollinated from uh pineapple, a pineapple grove. And then the honey was placed inside a rum barrel for a year
1: wow, interesting oh fancy that probably,
2: probably tastes delicious it but does. read this last part kate because this is this is a number that really knocked my socks off
1: yeah such extreme heat threatens more than bees or the honey they produce the armstrong bee farm is part of a network of beekeepers that provide pollination services for crops worth an estimated five billion a year in canada i didn't realize there bees five pollinate billion everything our whole world depends on bees and we're that's fucking crazy. them up we're fucking that's crazy because
2: i was going to say so. like it's, you know, I respect these people for knowing this much about bees, but really, what does it matter if we know this or not? But then when you consider how much of the farming industry relies on bees, now I understand why it's important to know what's going on with them.
0: Yeah, it's wild that in 2022, you're like, oh, shit, we can't do anything without bees. Right? Th- the bees. There's no other way. Crazy. There's
2: no mm-hmm. other way to pollinate, but I guess not.
0: All right, so there. that was a weird oh. round, and we, uh, we we did two weird rounds because we wanted to have some levity in the show before we get into the meat and potatoes of what we're actually here to talk about and what I imagine that you're here to listen about given the events of the world. So what we're going to do is we're going to start off in what's going on in Ukraine. And before we really do that, I want to mention a couple things. One, man, this shit with propaganda is out of control. It, I'm getting to the point now where I told Coley, the editor-in-chief of the blog on Barstool, I told him, I was like, I, I'm not sure if other people should be blogging or even Kate and I about specific events of what's happening. Because even if it's confirmed by Ukrainian sources or if it's confirmed by the EU, it might not be true. Because I posted there- a
1: blog that was confirmed by the Associated Press had actual quotes attributed to the president of Ukraine. And then it turns out, you know, so. Which, well, even, how, no, but
2: even the story we got about the the, the the soldiers on the island originally reported as dead, and then now we find mm-hmm. out they're just POWs. Yeah, so and the ever president changing.
0: of Ukraine confirmed that and was using it and was talking about it to get the, the fighting spirit. First, let me ask you, uh, I guess, like a philosophical question of how do you feel about g- different governments using propaganda to their benefit or to the enemy's detriment? Cons, we'll start with you.
2: I, I think it's you know, the, the expression, all's fair in love and war. I think it is an, an, a necessary thing that has to be addressed. And it's something that's been used for many, many decades in the course of war. And we've seen the memes and things of that nature floating around the internet. There was paper propaganda that was used during other conflicts uh, back in like, yeah, dude, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look, exactly. Chaps has a whole wallpaper of it. Yeah. Pro- propaganda is not new so to say that now all of a sudden because the internet is much more powerful than dropping leaflets that we should all of a sudden stop doing it i don't think i just think it is something that's necessary because you do i think we've seen now with ukraine standing up to russia how important the mental state of your fighting forces and propaganda is one way to influence that mental state okay
1: like I'm not going to lie. Like when I read that initial story of Russian warship, go fuck yourself. I wanted to run through a brick wall. So I could only imagine how it made Ukrainians feel.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: I feel like it's important. Like that's a part of war. It's an important part of war. And I, I feel like this is a very clear case of good versus a very specifically bad man and making really evil choices, causing a lot of death and destruction to both sides needlessly and so this little voice man's like, is it really that bad then? If there's some stories coming out from the Ukraine that fucking pump people up? i like, fuck it. I
0: don't know. So that's the- that's And Major General Mark Hartling had a thread on Twitter where he was talking about this type of thing. And I thought he made some fantastic points, especially when you're the smaller force. You need propaganda on your yeah. side mm-hmm. because you will not survive without the will to fight. And having those personal stories is what gives you- that will to fight. Like it having that, if you're like, well, he could do it, she could do it, then I could do it. And you it gives yeah. you that sense of confidence where you can go out. I mean, that's why it was when Jason Dunham first got the medal of honor, the first Marine uh during oef and OEF that received the medal of honor for what he did and in, in combat actions. When that happened, you looked across the Marine Corps at the time, and people were like, Oh shit, here we go. And not saying what happened yeah. to Jason Dunham is is propaganda by any means. But I am saying that that story and whenever you see somebody that gets something, what you would consider good, like a Medal of Honor, it's a morale booster and you have that. And mm-hmm. people talked about that World War II with John Bassalone. That was the reason why they took Bassalone off the war bonds tour and put him back into a front yard unit because everybody knew who he was. He was this badass. He had the Guana Canal story already. Yeah, and it he can was be true too. There's,
1: there's a lot of true propaganda. Like, you know, this town sees these, these Ukrainians going arm in arm and standing against a tank. Well, that fucking pumps you up. So share right. it. Like I mean, there's a so. shit ton of
0: stories. And we're gonna get into what's going on here as Wait. we sit. Go ahead. Yes, Kate.
1: Wait a minute. Is this thing on?
0: Oh. Oh. Lotion. Is this,
1: is this thing on? Okay. <clears throat> I have I have a bit of a roast.
0: Oh, because President Putin has been such a piece of shit, Kate. Is going to do her own propaganda for, I guess, the Ukrainians so they can see this on the front lines. Kate's going to roast President Putin. Here it is.
1: They'll they'll all see it. Hello, hello, Putin. Speaking, pretend everyone I'm speaking to, Putin's right here. Right. Okay. He's in the room. He's at the comedy cellar. Yeah. He's sitting next
0: to Bieber and Ludacris. (laughs) Right. Classic.
1: Mm. One thing's for sure, Mr. Putin, I'm going to take time my sweet time during this roast because i most certainly don't want to be russian
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and i needed to say that right off the bat since i heard you're always short with everyone five foot one in fact <laughs> is it true you have two platforms the world stage and the ones hidden in your shoes God, his ass moscow is known for its beautiful domes so I was disappointed to see yours looks like an old pimento loaf with a few strands of hair over it. That's
2: ghosted. I like
1: Not to be too personal, but I heard your penis is the size of a French fry. You're a real dictator. <laughs> dictator, dictator, tater. <laughs> In an interview once, you said you used to drive a taxi cab. Hard to believe because you know nothing about being fair.
0: But he is an uber mm. fuck up
1: cab mm. fare. Yeah, it's a one star. Um, <laughs> I heard that part of the reason you're invading Ukraine is because you want to keep Russia safe from the West, but I don't buy it. West is way too busy harassing Pete Davidson right now to mess with you. That's true. And hey, who needs the West or the EU when you've got the Eurasian Union, Russia, Belarus, Kazakhstan, Armenia, and Kyrgyzstan. Wow, the Fab Five, if you will, just like Queer Eyes Fab Five, except you guys would all murder those guys.
0: You know, I went. I had a fucking which is weird because you Kazakhstan. all seem to
1: love hanging out with bears. Mm. Speaking of TV shows, did you ever think you and the Tiger King Joe Exotic would have so much in common, like an affinity for murder for hire plots and how you're never going to financially recover from this? <laughs>
0: That was a cool
1: one. because these sanctions man who we a ruble more like rubble the way your bank collapsed this week bitch at least you've got your military heard they've really been th- turning things around and around and around because they're lost did you see that video where farmers are hauling your tanks off with their tractors i bet your troops soiled themselves all right, let's get I into the they, actual I updates. I bet they <laughs>
0: cropped right in their pants. Let's get into the actual updates for <laughs> what's going on, Kate. That was very good. Um, but what's actually happening there in Ukraine? But maybe we can find some common ground and solve all this, Poots.
1: For instance, I tried cooking Russian once—a beet soup recipe. It was a uh, a total abortion. The way it turned out.
2: <laughs> it, it's it's a it's a wonder. Hey, we are not bigger than we are.
1: You like to take your shirt off and ride horses. Uh, I used to take my shirt off and ride rugby guys who looked like horses. But I don't want anything to do with you. You know this is a rust not Putin, not you. Oh. I
0: used to fuck ugly dudes <laughs> in your face, Putin.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Put my mic away. Okay. Wow. Serious stuff happening yeah. right now. Yeah. In Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's the updates. This is, like I said, I've been refreshing and updating and I'm sure things have even changed since we put this sheet together just like a couple hours ago. The important thing, strong resistance is continuing, even as things ramp up and other countries the Chechens, um, Belarus now is starting to send troops from what I've heard, but Ukraine's also stepping things up. Here's what's going on on their end. Uh, they are now calling for foreign fighters to come fight. They're in the process of setting up a foreign legion unit for international volunteers, but some are already there. Poland's border guard said Sunday that a ton of people are leaving, but some 22,000 people have crossed from Poland into Ukraine since Thursday. And the foreign legion already has approximately, from what I saw online, again, things that, but I heard about 7,000 so far from different places nolan peterson who writes for coffee or die he's been an incredible follow on twitter at nolan w peterson he said these are tweets from him just got a message from a ukrainian marine on the front lines near maripol hadn't heard from him in a few days and was worrying but he just wrote i'm alive they hit us with everything keep your eyes on maripol got another message from an american volunteer who was fighting in kiev's territory he said hey man still alive almost died the first day but still here so there's I have a question about this. They got there fast. One is a Marine Corps veteran, I guess it sounds like who is of Ukrainian descent and is already there. I guess I'm not street smart enough to know like what the f- how do you get there? Well, how some you- are
0: living there already because of like the GI bill and because of like VA benefits, a lot of veterans will move to different countries in the world. And they will live essentially cheaply. Like if you looking at the cost of living in Ukraine, say you say you're a veteran with disability status and you get 1800 month in disability, you're living like a king in a lot of other countries and still receiving that paycheck. So a lot of people are live overseas already, which makes it a lot easier. But also the buildup that was essentially six months or whatever gives you the opportunity to come in. And I think the world reports. I just don't know how you pull the trigger essentially on that decision to actually go like it. It's one thing. If I was a single dude, still, like if I was single 25, 26 years old, just got out of the Marine Corps did my four and I've been chilling, didn't have a whole lot of things going on. My job was kind of shitty and I wanted to go. I could definitely see myself if I was single going to do that, but I wouldn't even know where to begin to start.
1: Like, no, i, I I'd have to I,
2: like look on a map and just i guess figure out the best way to get close and then well, now, Paul they're,
1: does.
0: From there, now that yeah. they've
1: created this foreign legion now you can look stuff now there's like specific instructions right, for right how to now do it.
0: But, but, but the before, ones that are already there they didn't use that
1: right uh it's like the guys that lined up in syria fighting isis randomly you're like mm-hmm. how did you figure that out how did you get wherever <laughs> the internet crazy place um but i'm interested yeah, There's probably see. a
0: step-by-step way to do it on like reddit i bet
1: I can mm. see too, like you get out of the military and say you were infantry and you have all these skills and you're in a job you don't like. And you're like, you know what? I know what the fuck I'm doing. I know I can help. Fuck it. I'm going like, I, I know the type of person that I think like. And watching videos,
0: like if you like you have watching those videos gives you, I honest to God felt a little bit of not to the same level, but a little bit of the same, almost like righteous indignation about what happened. Where, if it was, if you gave me the opportunity to teleport myself when you're seeing some of the horrific images that come out, if you had the opportunity just to press a button and you're there on the front lines, there's, I think that there's a ton of people who have fought before that would do it.
1: Yeah. Put me in a basement making Molotov cocktails. I'll yeah. be there. Yeah. And I'm
0: the not way that they transition person. so many of their businesses, Good. like the breweries there, the breweries stopped. I'll get in into beer. that. I'll get okay, into cool.
1: that. Yes. Um, drone strikes. They have a version pretty much of the reaper drone that is wreaking havoc and it's a big deal. So Ukrainian TBT TB two drones struck a Russian supply convoy in very much a drowning pool type video where you could basically hear the music in your head as soon as you're watching it. Mm -hmm. Um, Such strikes show that Russia has failed to destroy Ukraine's air capability, failed to take control of the skies, failed to operate an effective air defense and cannot jam. One of the big things Russia always touts is that uh, they can jam communications. Well, if they're still flying drones around and stuff, that's clearly not happening. And that's um, not
0: super sophisticated drones either. Like no. they just, the capabilities, I think that the West in a lot of ways assumed that Russia was where they were at, cyber warfare, they just don't seem to be there.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And add to the fact the trucks in the video that were targeted, they were so closely packed together and not spaced out to provide any level. And that's not again. This is a question again. I want to
0: have for Khan's because this is Khan's expertise. When I saw this, cons because on this highway, there's a three and a half mile long highway of just convoys of tanks, heavy armed vehicles, and then they have some smaller armed vehicles as well. Couldn't you just walk a line with artillery straight up that 3.5 straight mile? It's not even a curved road. It's straight. Just walk no, it'd be it, pretty,
2: right? Yeah, it'd be a pretty easy target. You just keep you know, adding 5-0 and keep firing for effect it would be pretty easy and when then you also, do it at I mean, the big be-
0: how would you do it if you were say, let's say you're the artillery I mean, commander you have your group and they're like this is your target engage how you would like to where where do you go you start
2: you start in the front to just stop the operation and then you hit them in the back and you just cripple them so they can't go anywhere and then you just start pelting them in the middle and forget it and they made it so easy because they weren't spaced out at all mm-hmm. it was really everything you're taught not to do is what they were doing. It was kind of almost unbelievable that they were that poor in their tactics because also it wasn't like, I don't know, like five, 10 vehicles. It was hundreds of vehicles. 3.5 miles
0: worth of vehicles.
2: In in what world is that a good way to to transport anything? Because if you knock off that one convoy, then you're shit out of luck. And they had all of
0: their fuel in one convoy too. Yeah. If, if the, the, what are the lack you
2: doing? Of the like, lack of leadership Just contact is
0: unbelievable. UPS. Like be like, <laughs> how logistics matter, UPS, Amazon Prime, Bezos. How do I get all my fuel to all my tanks? Like right. that's not Bezos the way to do it.
1: it. Of course. Um, but yeah, a lot of things showing that they don't have as much tactical sense. There's been a lot of stuff coming out that has been confirmed showing they don't have as much tactical sense as everybody was giving them credit for. Uh, Molotov cocktail factories are popping up everywhere, like the Pravda brewery in Western Ukraine. They just tell local like anybody, if you have any ingredients that are part of a Molotov cocktail, bring it on over. They're setting up multiple locations around the city. We'll provide the bottles and the bottles even have their own label with a naked Putin that say Putin is a dickhead and he's got a tiny little dick. Um, they also offer free tea and coffee to the military this place is awesome i love delight. this place
0: i want to mm-hmm. g- when this is all over we should all go to ukraine and have a drink there yeah. why not i'm in
1: and there's incredible photos the la times photojournalism i've followed. they their coverage of the end of afghanistan was incredible um, some of the images and they've been down in these molotov factories way deep below the cities. And have captured some incredible pretty cool images of the people working together to do that um civilians blocking tanks and convoys with their bodies again like in uh this town Chernihiv, the town old young they linked arms and they just start walking towards these tanks and stopping them in their tracks psychological warfare having russians call their moms when they get captured and then posting the videos of the calls and their moms are like what you're where and they're like i don't know mom we didn't know what we were doing blah 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 that's huge. That's huge. Um, Ukrainian authorities on Sunday launched a website to help Russian families track down soldiers who have been captured or killed in fighting in Moscow's invasion. Um, the site, 200, and this is like psychological warfare, big, big time. time. The site, 200rf.com, contains pictures of the documents and corpses of Russian soldiers Ukraine says have been killed since Putin launched the attack. According to the Ukrainian government, over the past three days, Ukrainian forces have captured almost 200 soldiers and more than 3,000 Russian troops had died. I think the name they of up the... that
0: number today, up to 4,500. Yeah.
1: The name of the site references the well-known to- term Gruz-200, a.k.a. Cargo-200, that was used by Soviet military for corpses being flown back when they were in Afghanistan in the 1980s. So it's referencing another defeat. That's just brutal that you have probably Russian families going to this Ukrainian website desperate to find out if their baby is still alive, their son is still alive. And a lot of these Russian troops
0: are young. Like when I saw pictures of some of them, I'm like that. They say 16 and above. There's no shot. All of them are at least 16. And it
1: like it like, yes, there's like funny memes and we're all rooting, obviously for Ukraine. And but like, I feel for these. They're kids and they, they Clearly, they don't know somewhere. what the fuck they're doing. And now. it's again, it's tragic that like a madman is causing so much needless death and destruction. And there's um, also you- a
0: website. I forget what website it was on, but they, were, they issued this report where a lot of Russians in the buildup were trying to flee and they were mm-hmm. capturing the deserters and beating them in front of the other troops in order to keep people going forward and ahead. And then when they actually get into Ukraine, there was one that I saw, and I don't know if this is propaganda or not. And it's almost impossible to really find out. But they started shooting, like, and they did not know that the rounds were live. Like, once they oh started hitting people, they were like, "Oh my god!" Like, some of them had been told that they were doing training evolutions, and these rounds were live, and they had no idea. Jesus, yeah,
1: it's there's a, a lot of craziness coming out. And um, the Ukraine has demanded a ceasefire, and a delegation is in Belarus for peace talks. They've made it clear. We're here to talk with you, but we are not surrendering. We're not giving up an inch of land. We're not making any concessions in that regard. Um, President Zelensky has also asked that the EU let let Ukraine join. He filled out I didn't know there was paperwork for it. He filled out a few pages of paperwork for it today, like he was applying for a loan, essentially. But yeah. Um, but the second those peace talks ended, almost immediately there was a major attack launched on Kiev. So and Literally. some sources
0: are saying it was during the peace talks that it was going right. on, just like when the Security Council was meeting about what was going on and they started the offensive when they're even talking about the starting the offensive. It already kicked off.
1: Yeah, um, hundreds of civilians have been killed. They estimate, as of earlier, the number was 102, but they estimate it's much, much higher. They just can't have a clear, it's hard to get tally of numbers and everything right now. You can't Russia do battle is, of
0: damage assessment when artillery right. rounds and rockets and mortars and stuff like that are still going off. Can't do it.
1: And Russia is denying that they're targeting civilian areas, but there's so much clear evidence that they are, that it's just overwhelming. they um, apartment of
0: buildings with fucking right. artillery Kinder
1: Kindergartens, right. right? As the kids are getting dropped off for school. Right. Um, a cancer ward, uh, oh, children's Jesus. cancer ward was another one. Some some 420, 422, God damn it. Ukrainians, <laughs> half a million Ukrainians have fled their home and are displaced in the country. Uh, on Russia's end, Belarus might be joining and the Chechens are already on the way. There is this crazy story about special forces. Had you guys heard of the Wagner group?
0: Yeah, I've read about it this morning.
1: So pretty much like this crazy neo-Nazi wing of the Russian military that does all sorts of covert and undercover stuff. They apparently have been in the city for weeks and months setting up for this and allegedly have a list of many members of Ukraine's government and their family members to assassinate, including the president. Um, So look up Wagner Group, a lot of crazy stuff about that. Um, Reports coming out that they're bombing indiscriminately, like we just said. Um, Lots of civilians getting killed over the weekend. Putin and Russia's deterrence forces, he said, are on high alert. This, of course, involves nuclear arms. So when he said that over the weekend, a lot of people started freaking out but it doesn't seem like anything's actually going on with nukes right now so everyone stay calm um worldwide there's lots of teamwork going on beginning to happen and this thread by richard richard fontaine he is a um, big nat set guy he was a former advisor to john mccain but here's what each of the, I just thought this was interesting. Here's what each of the countries are doing. The world's major economies, except for China, have combined to ferment a financial crisis in Russia, casting aside previous worries about system, systemic economic risk. So all the countries besides China have pretty much been like, fuck it, let's let's put a stop to this. Germany has moved from a pacifist laggard on defense spending to announcing a huge increase, moving ahead 2% of the GDP. We need to stop warmongers like Putin, the chancellor said that requires a strength of our own. So they're building up like, Hey, look at us. We're going to start building up our shit. in case And keep some like squirrelly. foreign
0: policy experts have said that they never thought that Germany would ever get that because because of world war II and the effects of mm-hmm. world war II and how it really just decimated Germany for decades, essentially, they never wanted to have that large of a military because they didn't ever want to feel like they could use it or have to use it again. So they didn't want to, but they see. The threats that are looming. And I imagine it's not just Russia, but China as well.
1: Yeah. Um, Finland and Sweden are firmly aligned with the West against Moscow, and the invasion mm-hmm. may tip them into NATO membership. Neutral Switzerland, Switzerland of all places, will freeze Russian assets as a result of Moscow's Which is aggression. Huge. Full neutrality yeah. has become untenable given popular revulsion at the invasion. So p- the people of Switzerland are like, no, no, we have to do something as a country. And so they are. Um, the sanctions response has been global with Japan, South Korea, Australia, Singapore, and more joining the anti-aggression bloc. Economic and geopolitical implications stretch well beyond Europe. China is badly exposed by this. They have trumpeted a no-limits friendship with Russia, and it is openly siding not with the numerous wealthy, powerful, and unified countries, but rather with a country that now looks reckless and isolated and impoverished. So This is also making China look very bad. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wonder if behind the scenes, China's like, Putin, what the fuck are you doing? You're fucking embarrassing us, dude. You're like fucking clown. Um, The world is disconnecting Russia from globalization benefits. So trade, travel, finance, tech, and they're drawing a curtain around the country. So they're going to make the country much poorer and more isolated. So this is going to piss the people of Russia off too. Also, they'll be
0: also saying like- Oh, and those those, uh, different types of- protests and shit like that. in Russia are getting out of control too. Like they had one that was right outside the Kremlin that reached 15,000 people the other day. That's, yeah. and that's in a place where typically if you go and protest against the government, you're taken to jail right away. And so they are just saying, we don't care. This is wrong. We don't want any part of it. And I think more and more Russian citizens are going to find out because Ukrainian's president is being pretty smart and how he's approaching things.
1: Yeah. And, and the EU, which is usually, you know, and they've still been pretty slow on a lot of stuff here, but they're helping uh, fund fighter jets that are going to go to the Ukraine. And all this was just over a weekend. So it's been pretty effective. The Russian ruble has completely crashed. Their stock exchange didn't open today as we're recording on Monday. There's big world meeting of sorts this morning where all the countries, again, were like, let's make sure we're all on the same page and that we're doing more to fuck Putin up essentially. Um, And his funds have been frozen too. So he's He's got billions and billions. I was reading about his finances so incredibly, crazily shady, um, but he's got, he's a multi-billionaire essentially, and everyone's kind of being like, well, good, you can't get any of it right now. You can't access it. So And they you.
0: stopped him from using the federal dollar, like the US dollar at all, where in order to get some of this things back and try to have a little bit money um, replacing inside their coffers can't do it. There's no U S dollar transferred allowed in Russia except for some pipelines, but that's only to keep the global supply chain apparently going, but there, I think in this there has been no negative talk really by a lot of Western journalists and Western military folks. There is some things that are being done by Ukrainians as well that are incredibly fucked up. And I think it's wrong to ignore that. Like we mentioned the Wagner group from Russia that has brutal tactics and that they are essentially mercenaries for hire. They spent time in Syria, they spent time in Iraq, they also went to Afghanistan at certain times. But they are brutal. But there's a the Azov battalion that's for Ukraine. They are also they are essentially like Nazis. Like and they are doing things that are just incredibly wrong. When the Chechens are coming, for example, they know that Chechens are predominantly Islamic and they will, they are putting the bullets in the lard and pigs' lard and shit like that, war crimes. They're doing all those different things. There's hundreds of Africans that are in Ukraine that are going to school and trying to become doctors and things like that, participating there and have lived there for a long time. They're being forced off of trains, the women and children, just because they're Black and they're af- from Africa. They're not being treated, they're being treated like second class citizens. So while we are weeping for the Ukrainian people, you, you, it's difficult to have the attention of the world and still practice atrocities. Having women and children not be able to get on trains to get out of Ukraine and achieve safety simply for the color of their skin is wrong as well.
1: Well, and that's part of it too, is those people of color that are making it to the borders are also having trouble getting out of Ukraine because the right. other countries are saying, um, and you're seeing it in the news, news coverage too, people are talking about how some reporters for certain news sites were straight up saying it, Well, we feel this more because these people are blonde haired and blue eyed was like an actual, well, they said said it's the first time that we've
0: seen TikTok or seen social media in civilized country wars between civilized countries, which Iraq was, is the seat of mankind. Like that's where everything started and it's because they're Brown. Like that's the only reason.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of, of different things that are getting shown in the light here that not are not good, that are not good. Um, and it's been, this whole thing has just been, like I said, I keep refreshing, 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 and it's just craziness. And because you
0: want to try to grab a hold of it because here in America, it's not like we're going, we don't even go deep into our own history. I mean, hell, I didn't find out there was Japanese internment camps till I was in college and I was like 28 years old. So, I mean, we don't know a shit ton about a lot, especially when you're considering the rest of the world. So over the weekend... There was different experts on different news stations talking this and that, and I saw a clip that was on Trey Gowdy's program that's from Fox News, and I wanted to share that because there was a colonel on before this woman that we're going to share in just a moment, but there was was a colonel that was on, and Jennifer Griffin, who's with Fox News Channel, who does a great job of reporting all across the world, she started her career in Moscow with Fox News, She went on and said that she needed to correct the record about the previous guest and that there was 10 minutes of wrong things that he said, here's what she had to say about why Putin's motivations are the way that they are here here she is.
3: Well, thank you, Trey. And, and before we get started, I just heard your last guess, and I feel like I need to correct some of the things that Colonel Doug McGregor just said because, and I'm not sure 10 minutes is enough time to do so, because there were so many distortions in what he just said, and talking about the West and NATO vilifying Putin and sounding like an apologist for Putin, and talking about how Putin, he thinks he knows how far Putin wants to go. I don't think anyone that I've spoken to uh, here at the Pentagon or elsewhere in uh, Western intelligence believes they know how far Putin wants to go. And I think that the world has seen what Putin is capable of. And to blame uh, NATO membership for what we've seen Putin unleash, we've seen from Putin's own words that he is talking in czarist terms from a 18th, a 19th century view of uh, empirical, Im- imperial Russia. So those, uh, what he just said was so distorted that I do feel that our audience needs to To know the truth. In terms of Putin, I've known uh, and seen uh, Vladimir Putin operate since 1999 when I was based in Moscow for Fox. It's where I started my career with Fox. And Vladimir Putin is a former KGB agent. He's been laying the groundwork for this, and he's been, uh, whether it was invading georgia in 2008 we've talked about the invasion in 2014 the kind of appeasement talk that colonel doug mcgregor who should know better because when he was in government he was the one who was advising uh president trump to pull all u.s troops out of germany that kind of uh projection of withdrawal and weakness is what made putin think that he could actually move into a sovereign country like ukraine so in that
0: clip when you hear that clip and the things that are going on There's certain aspects historically that I don't know. I assume that you don't know either. Um, Khan's internet is gone, so he doesn't know either, I would assume. Maybe he does. He went to West Point, he might know. So I wanted to seek out an expert who could give us some of the background of what's going on from a different perspective. Oftentimes, we have military guests on, we have people who are in Congress, we have people who are working in government, who work at the DOD or the VA, we have all those different types of people. But there are certain people who are academicians, who are members of the upper echelon of intelligentsia, who have the ability to speak about theater to theater operations much more than we do, and give the historical conflicts where it is people, groups, and religion. Nola Haynes is one of those folks, and she has a Master's of Divinity from Harvard University. She teaches at Pepperdine. She is finishing her PhD, which will be done in May, and she is currently going to one of the top foreign policy schools in the world at USC, University of Southern California nola hayes is an impressive person and she gave some context to this story about imperialism about colonialism and yes spoiler alert about white supremacy all of those things are now zero blog 30 i'm privileged to have nola haynes nola is a professor she is an expert in foreign policy and national security she's been all over the place lately if you've been watching tv you've probably seen her she's been on nbc MSNBC, cnn all over the spot but I reached out to her because I saw some comments that she was making, and I thought, you know, it's it's so great to get a different perspective. Kate, Cons and I all have military background and things like that. So I wanted to get somebody that comes from a little bit more of an academic approach that knows more. Like if you listen to the episode that we released yesterday, you know that we're not very academic. We're just going off of feels and how this stuff makes us feel. We wanted to get some of the actual nuts to bolts of what's happening. Nola, thank you so much
4: for joining us. Thank you so much um, for having me. I'm so excited about uh, virtually sitting down and talking to you. But I will say, so CNN hasn't invited me yet. I did see that on Twitter. So I feel like my academic ethics, (laughs) I'm forced to make that disclaimer.
0: (laughs) Well, some people say you don't want to be on CNN anywhere. I want to be on TV all the time. Get me on TV and I'll go. I don't care what channel it is. It can be on that one of those weird channels. It's like... 1240 where they just do <laughs> 1970s latin music hits and i'd be on that if they invited me on um, but i want our audience to get a little bit of your background how did you get into the national security or national security world
4: oh that is a very very interesting story so i i this is my second career so um you know, a lot of people ask me about um, not just being an academic, but, you know, if you've seen me a little bit, you see, you know, that I, you know, have a little, uh, have a little flair, have a little Mm -hmm. style. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I love glam and all that. And, you know, I, full disclosure, I was an actress at a very young age. So I still have a lot of that, you know, swag and style and creative Mm -hmm. energy. So I bring that to my presentation, you know, even with my nails and all these things. A lot more
0: put together than me. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Um, So that that kind of like explains, you know, one part of my identity and a first part of my professional life. And then being um, from New Orleans, Louisiana, proud native, Mm -hmm. Hurricane Katrina definitely was a defining moment for me. Um, I was incensed by the negative portrayal of New Orleans during that time. And that was not my experience growing up at all. The complete opposite, (laughs) you know, and that was a motivating factor for me. So I, um, you know, literally just went to school. I locked my hair. I wasn't like the, you know, the, the uh, light Brown black girl with the curly hair anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. I like locked my hair. I took school very, very seriously. I wasn't putting my acting before my education. And I just like, man, I I was just on fire. You know, I did community college for a few years, transferred to UCLA um, where I majored in uh, political science. And so that's where I kind of like got that, that, that really kind of early fire. I Mm -hmm. thought I was going to be um, an engineer like my dad. So I actually started out in geology. I started out in like earth sciences and then got the bug, you know, took a a political science class. And I was like, okay, this is for me. And then, um, because my early research, always around politics, it was more of a domestic look at um, class politics and religion in New Orleans and race. And so that research got me to Harvard Divinity School. And um, it was really there, believe it or not, <laughs> studying God, <laughs> that I made my pivot towards uh, national security and Interesting, one- Interesting,
0: because I was a seminarian too. I don't know if you know that or not. Oh, I, you I, I went to Southwest Seminary or ah. Southeastern Seminary and just outside of Raleigh North Carolina and I wanted to be a pastor before I joined the Marine Corps.
4: Wow, okay, I like that connection. Mm-hmm. So you kind of get it. Um yeah. I will say when I first got there though, it was purely academic research and then I pivoted towards the MDiv and got the professional degree. stood there three years, learned Arabic, really really dove into, you know, training and, and as an interfaith chaplain and but a very crucial thing happened. So while you have the uh the 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 class the class collision of Occupy Boston New York um, going on you also had Boston bombings mm. and so I've talked about this before publicly and you know I've gotten some interesting comments and pushback from Americans like that wasn't even like a really big deal and I'm like well if you they, if you were there it was if yeah. you were there it was a right. really big deal right um, and especially you know those brothers they a lot of their lives touched um, people's lives that lived like um, on the Cambridge side um, of the river. You know, um, the one who's in jail now, he went to Cambridge Middle School. I I, like lived on that street. You know, his brother Mm -hmm. like worked out at at a place that I would go to sometimes to box, you know. Um, uh, A cop at uh, MIT was murdered, you know. the Tarzan F. brother was found in Watertown, a town right mm. next door to Harvard. Right. And then you go to the siege and the whole town, the whole city is shut down. You know, you hear nothing but sirens. There's no life moving. Um, although, you know, we were in grad school and the liquor store was open. So kudos <laughs> to them. Like they got us through.
3: Yeah. St- <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: And so, you know, like that was a very real, real experience. And then, coupled with, I was taking Arabic at the time. And this one particular thing happened to me standing at the bus stop outside of the law school. This white dude walked up to me and spit on me. Mm. I had my hair wrapped. So, and I had this big giant Arabic book. So, something that I was giving off, he just assumed, you know, oh, she must be a Muslim woman, you know, let me attack her some sort of way. So all of those things like really, really impacted me. I was working with um, some young Muslim girls at Suffolk University who was scared to wear their hijab. You know, I was in class with girls, you know, also having the same conversation. Um, And then also at that time at the Divinity School, Leila Ahmed's book had just came out about veiling and it was huge so it was like all of this kind of energy around identity and terrorism right and the way that I approached terrorism was through uh religion and theology Mm -hmm. so that was my pivot towards national security um graduated from there came back to California worked in the uh the DEIA space for a little bit um, at UCLA. I've always done that work parallel to my academic work and um, was also applying to uh, PhD programs in political science. and. I um, got into the political science and international relations program at USC. USC um, really, really, really focuses on IR. So that's definitely a place, you know, if you're interested in international relations, you wanna be there. Um, If you're in Southern California, especially. So that's kind of been my progression. And so the way that I think about national security and identity is through, I mean, national security and foreign policy is through an identity lens, Mm -hmm. case in point. I have a foreign policy paper coming out with New America about um, you know we need to codify our commitment to diversity. It can't just be like this ebb and flow depending on which administration is in office. You know they can just you know um, change it at will. We need to make a commitment and stand on it, right? So what are what, what kind of what, what do we value? So that's kind of like what that policy paper is about, and. All of my work, you know, chaps like you have no idea when I first whew, when I first started introducing these ideas, they were not popular.
0: Oh, you I know, not- <laughs> because it's outside the box. And I, I think that's part of the reason why I was I've been so enthralled with your analysis on different situations, because it comes from such a different perspective. And I I think a lot of times we ignore it a lot in the military community, those that are in, at least people who look like me do, because it does typically come from a white lens and how we view the world. And that's just essentially how it's always been in the military. So Mm -hmm. when you're hearing different perspectives, like you introduced um, on on your timeline now, and I think it was on MSNBC, where you begin to talk about the situation that's happening in Ukraine and using your education to enlighten you and to enlighten others about what's possibly happening there i found Mm -hmm. it to be fascinating can you can you explain to our listeners a little bit about what you were talking about what the Mm -hmm. ambassador for kenya was Mm -hmm. explaining during the national security council or uh, excuse me the security council um, Mm -hmm. with the un yesterday
4: yes so thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to really kind of like you know talk about these ideas Um, so within the vast world of political science, there are all of these different little places. So American political science is like where most political scientists live, right? So international relations has typically always been like a niche, niche part of um, IR. And definitely people who look more like you than me <laughs> were in those spaces. Just probably shaved and
0: actually like look handsome. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Um, you know, they, they, it was definitely a a guy's club in terms of these dense theories about, you know, the international system and balance of power and securitization and all of these fancy, um, concepts, you know, deterrence. And so for me, um, I've always been the type of academic where I am inspired by real, real world events, Mm -hmm. right? I do not believe that I can be an effective academic just reading my books, okay? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going somewhere with that. Um, so for me, um, coming out of the Divinity School, Harvard Divinity School is a very unique place because it's definitely not a sectarian place. Like they they let you do whatever it is that you want to do. And post-colonial theology actually was really kind of popping when I was there. So I had this kind of post-colonial framework from being- I think that's the only place in
0: the world you could say (laughs) post-colonial theology is popping. (laughs) Is that Harvard? that might be the first time so that is is feminism ever...
4: popping too. <laughs> that's
0: the first time in the history of mankind that sentence has ever been said
4: <laughs> hey I it mean... works it works it's right. <laughs> but it's true so mm-hmm. i having all of these different kind of post-colonial um frameworks you start to see the international system very differently you know you see the international z- system from the position of the other, so to speak, right? The marginalized groups, the people who have been impacted by colonialism and empire building the most, right? So if that's largely my framework, while also being in international relations, I cannot get away from realism, you Mm -hmm. know, neo-realism, realism. realism, You cannot get away from these traditional World War II ideas about the world, right? So depending on your perspective, Perspective, and depending on how you view the world, you know some people are shocked that Putin wasn't a good guy. He wasn't a gentleman after all, and he wasn't really concerned. Why? This is outrageous. You know, engagements of war. Like, how mm-hmm. dare he? <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and however, if you are Ambassador Kimani, who gave that amazing speech about, listen, we know what this is. We know what it looks like. This is imperialism. Putin is talking over Ukraine as if they have no value as human beings. He believes that there is some um, historical claim, not only to the land, but to the people, to the culture, you know, um, even going as far as saying that, you know, basically giving them independence was a huge mistake. Um, And, you know, in my work, you hear a lot of these types of ideas if you are looking at it a particular way you see what i'm saying like if you study race at all if you study identity at all if you study post-colonial anything at all your lens is going to be different so where some people might hear securitizing language one way i can hear it multiple ways right so i think what the ambassador really highlighted was we kind of need to expand the ways that we are thinking about what's actually happening Okay this is a lot more than Putin violating international law that's been standing law since 1945 this is Putin trying to recapture the mythological wonder of the former USSR and how is he going to do that he's going to break the law he's going to make a claim of historical lands we heard we heard that rhetoric in 1939 mm-hmm. right and then something very interesting that he did because Putin's not stupid, you know, he's the OG spy. So he understands that he has to leave, use legalese to a degree. So he charged Ukraine with genocide. And then before anyone can come in and say, this is reminiscent of Hitler in 1939, he claims they are Nazis.
0: He almost tried to like be rabbit him from 8 Mile, like where right? (laughs) That's Essentially what he tried to do.
4: I mean, it 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 was it was very interesting. So while you definitely see these very similar strands, so what happened in 1939, there are stark differences, you know. Um, but like I said, I just really enjoyed how the ambassador framed, t- to my mind, kind of like this pivot towards thinking a little bit differently in terms of. Um, these kind of more traditional symmetrical engagements of war, you know, and I'll even go as far as to say I've been having this conversation a lot, depending on how you look at it. I was talking to a practitioner friend just last night. There have been asymmetrical attacks for a minute now, you know, if you consider uh, cyber attacks an actual attack.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: I know in Which my arms should. control. And- you know what I'm saying? In my arms control and international security class uh, that I used to teach at Pepperdine, um, my students would ask all the time, like, well, what is an act of war if these cyber attacks are not acts of war? And as a person who pays attention to identity and the way it is completely destabilizing us internally, domestically, a lot of people don't pay attention to that, but I do, you know, like, our issue with racism and white supremacy and identity bias, it is literally tearing this country apart and it is reverberating around the world, right? Um, Putin smells blood in the water. He sees us being vulnerable. So he's testing us, right? That's what the bully does, right? The bully's testing.
0: Yeah. And Sebastian Unger does a great job in explaining that identity, um, essentially crisis that you're talking about in his book, Tribe. And we've had him on the show too. And another part of your, Um, story that I find fascinating or the way that you go about it is that you correct me if I'm wrong there's so many that just describe Putin as a crazy person or he's insane and that's really dismissive to what he's doing and what he's capable of doing correct?
4: Mm -hmm. Absolutely and you know that is maybe perhaps a weakness in our American exceptionalist ideology right um to just kind of dismiss and demean, and I can tell you, as a black woman in this space, you know, I I, I still you know I still get dismissed and demeaned, you know, and I have all of these receipts, you know. So mm-hmm. it's this thing that we do, right? Um, and especially if you have a concept of the world that says, well, there's virtually peace in the Western <clears throat> post-World War II European world, right? So everyone's pretty much thinking that of course it's gonna remain that way, right? Like Putin's just popping off, but he wouldn't, be, he wouldn't be acting in the interest of Russia if he did anything, mind you. This man has been pushing, he's been like doing this since 1999. This is the fourth time. Mm-hmm. He's illegally invaded a space. You know, he would tell a different narrative, but this is the fourth time. I'm going to
0: trust you instead of him.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, um, I just think after last night. Unless you've poisoned
0: people too. If I find that out, that I'm out on you too.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Listen, after last night, gloves are off. Let's just call a thing a thing, right? mm -hmm. Um, This man has been blowing smoke and setting fires for quite some time. However, I do see, I do see opportunities and if people's analysis are anywhere, you know, um, correct about this, you know, the USSR ended because they went a step too far in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of legal, uh, I mean, experts saying that what he did in Ukraine last night will be, you know, uh, basically the repeat of what happened in the seventies.
0: And how do you think this ultimately ends? Like from your perspective, because he is so much about identity and I think he wants to be the next kind of czars of sorts Mm -hmm. where he wants to have that type of reputation where he brings back mother Russia and -hmm. things like that. But there is a ton of reports that, because I think that the American mind, even in the military community, veteran community, we look at somebody like Putin and you see a dictator, you see somebody who's authoritarian and you look at what he does and you would imagine based on, I guess, principle and what we view history as or how we view history, maybe without knowledge, and we see him, you would think that all the troops are in lockstep behind him and wanting to do what he wants to do his Putin's goals would be the goal of the troop. We're not really seeing that. And there's a lot of reports coming out from Western intelligence that are saying that that's not the case. And in fact, there was a story that came out on Yahoo today that said many of those soldiers that he has were in fact beaten into compliance to make them go into Ukraine. Do you think that that is going to drastically affect how this operation continues?
4: Yes and no. So, you know... Russia isn't a democracy. This this woman yelled at me on Twitter the other night because I I called it a communist state. And Mm -hmm. she was like, it's a social democracy call it what you want to call it, there's a dictator in charge, right? right? Which is to say, you know, he's going to be the president for life to, you know, to the end of his natural life. Um, Russia is definitely still very state centric, even if they've moved away from the communist label, they're still very state centric, which is to say they don't need anyone voting for them. They, they don't really need the people to go along. However, one of the things, um, that a lot of folks were talking about in the wee hours in Twitter spaces. I was in this room, this huge room with a lot of uh, uh, stock market folk. And one of the things that they were talking the worst. about-
0: those people, I'm so sorry. <laughs> those people are the worst. Their
4: analysis was a tiny bit different <laughs> from mine, but there was, one, there was one thing that I found interesting. They were talking about how, um, first of all, you know, the ruble compared to the dollar plummeted and that Russians were taking money out of the ATMs in the banks right so which is to say that they are no longer trusting whatever mm-hmm. Putin's financial plan might be right so in as much he doesn't need them to vote for him, you know you still need your population to participate in the economy so that's what you need to keep an eye on and you know I would be I, I would be very 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 um uh just kind of like I don't even know how to say it but um I think about this and I'm having a hard time articulating because I'm getting very emotional about it. Um, In as much as we're talking about, you know, the international system shifting and, you know, the balance of power, people are gonna be talking about balance of power until the day they die. Um, You know, there's definitely a clash of the Titans here, almost like a uh, self-fulfilling prophecy of East versus West, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, how long have we been hearing about, you know, that great clash. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: So, but I care about real people. You know. I care about what's happening at the dinner table. I right. care about what's happening at the Russian dinner table, the Ukrainian dinner table, the global di- dinner table. I care about what's happening at the gas pumps, right? So as a director of a nonprofit, you know, that's all about women and security. This is something we've been talking a lot about. One of the um, points that I push back on when people say that the round of 2014 sanctions didn't work, I'm like, well, what if you are a mom at the grocery store and the food prices just went up 30% pre-COVID? Right. I think that, that's a, that makes a difference in a household.
2: Oh, definitely. That makes
4: a difference in a household, especially in a system that doesn't necessarily you know, um, go out of its way to protect rem- women's rights, case in point, Uh, 2017, Russia rolled back um, their protections for women against domestic violence. You know, so. I'm thinking about the women in this situation, you know, the the, the women in Russia. I'm thinking about what's gonna happen to the women in Ukraine, right? I'm thinking about what's gonna happen to the children. I'm thinking about what's gonna happen to elderly, to the elderly folks, what's gonna happen to disabled folks, what's gonna happen to people on the margins. And yes, there are folks of color in Ukraine and Russia, you know, and typically when things go sideways, the most vulnerable communities are always the most put upon. So these are the things that I'm thinking about in addition to the big, systemic, you know, international systemic things.
0: Yeah, and that's something that we try to encourage our listeners to do is because you look at Russia and same thing with North Korea and all the other quote, bad actors and axes of evil and all that. And you look at Russia and you think, Every Russian is like Vladimir Putin. That's just not true. And it's the same thing as when we leave Afghanistan and the next thing you know, 13 million people are in famine and can't eat. Like there is a there is a responsibility to be the humanitarian across the board. And I think wanting... That's what, I, when people start beating the war drums, it's not going to affect the President Putin's of the world. It's not going to affect the Emmanuel M- Macron's of the world. It's going to affect the women and children, the people are, that are trying to feed their families. That's who these wars affect. And we have to get past the spot where we look at everything just on lines on a map. And that's why the Ukraine situation is so, in my, it's so fucked up is because these people are just existing. Like they're just existing. And the next thing you know, they have fighter jets dropping bombs they have people coming in with tear gas they have bodies lining on the streets i mean they're doing a damn good job of fighting back and we're real proud of them too for the effort that they're putting back but it's it's awful to watch the human the human
4: cost it is you know um you know you know circling back to when when i had mentioned earlier that i care very deeply about working um get getting the 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 experience of working as a practitioner I am. So just kind of uniquely blessed as an academic to also be able to write in the policy space to be an authority in that regard. however, you know I also as a you know I, I work on afghan resettlement i don't I don't think we talked about this, but i every other day, you know, I hear the real human voices. I hear the impact of a humanitarian crisis. that is real
2: mm-hmm.
4: and, and and I will tell you. It's mostly women calling with their babies in the background, mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to help their family that may still be in Afghanistan, or maybe they are the ones who can speak English better than, than, than other folks. And so this isn't, this, these aren't talking points for me, right? Like mm-hmm. I've been involved in this work since September, you know, not too long after the NEO, and this work is grueling. It is traumatic. It is heartbreaking as an American, as a civilian in this space, having to say to someone, you know, well, you know, my resources are limited. There's only so much that I can do. And yes, I know that the Taliban is trying to kill you, but there's nothing that I can really do about it. Right. So let's broaden that out. You know, when you have, I'm I'm not going to go to the extent to say that Putin is a Taliban. I'm not making that connection. However, When we are talking about not caring about women's rights, you are essentially making them an incredibly vulnerable group of folks, right? So, in that regard, you know, I am very, very worried about women being forced under a regime potentially, or women in Russia whose food bill is going to go up you know, gas prices are gonna go up, you know, what is that mother gonna have to do to feed her children in a state that really doesn't care about her humanity?
0: Yeah. So I, I...
4: it's it's so many different things, you know, it's so many different things.
0: Yeah, and I think your comparison of, um putin to the taliban it doesn't you don't have to be the most evil person in the world to still be evil like you could still be brutal and it doesn't have to be that type of brutality but he's still very very brutal the last thing that i'll keep you for but we'd love to have you back another time the last question that i'll have for you given president biden's statements on the types of sanctions that the united states is going to impose the Mm -hmm. united states and the rest of the world community is going to impose on president putin and his ilk how do you think that those are going to play out do you do you think that the president went too far not far enough or just right
4: you know as a person I, as a person who like has spent hours and hours and hours and hours studying sanctions it is like one of the most tedious things <laughs> that you mm-hmm. could ever do when you I said that no you write idea. policy
0: my i almost fell asleep like <laughs>
4: just <laughs> like having to
0: type that kind of stuff where it all matters wherever i mean because in that kind of writing a comma splice changes the entire meaning of what you're trying to
4: say. Well, you know, um, it's very interesting. Sanctions sanctions are definitely a powerful tool. You know, I'm not necessarily worshiping at the altar of sanctions. However, I am not a pessimist just to like throw it, you know, throw it out the window and say that they don't work. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the the big difference between the 2014 sanctions and the sanctions today where the first round of sanctions a few nights ago were an expansion of the existing 2014 sanctions and um, some sanctions from 2018. There are new sanctions, a fresh new round of sanctions on very particular entities. And there's been one big, big one kind of out there um, regarding Swift. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're going to hear a lot about that. Basically, you know, your entryway into um, participating in the in global finance, right? And so, while Russia's been threatened it's like the, with that before, it's like
0: PayPal for the world, essentially.
4: <laughs> PayPal for the world, but maybe you know, um, you 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 may not get like a a, a icky message about hey boo, hey you yeah, know, like, girl mm-hmm. you fine. you know mm-hmm. no. <laughs> see people
0: see people buying weed on there. They're not buying you know, weed on Swift.
4: You know, right, right. So. Um, <laughs> But you know, to have this ability as a world um, as a world power, you know, uh, Russia's economy doesn't necessarily reflect its military might, but it's always privileged. You know, it's put you know its military might, and that's worked for them. So, um, you you were essentially talking about a, a world power not being able to participate, you know, in this um, in this system. And there are a lot of entities in that system. So they- That would bar them, they're yeah.
0: also big in arms deals too. That would also bar them from being able yep. to sell to different of, of our allies and things like that. And that's a huge exactly. source of income for them.
4: Huge source of income. And so we've threatened them with it, but we've never really pulled the, pulled the lever on that, right? And so I think we were all, none of us were surprised about the uh, Nord Stream 2. And this is this is what I want to say. I want to say, you know, as a person who studies security, the Biden administration, yes, Putin went into Ukraine. But when I tell you the intelligence community got it spot on, Mm -hmm. that is a different type of win, right? Um, I think the the strategy of transparency as deterrence to bring our security partners in, you know, because we were having some trust issues from the last administration, you know, to the big lie to one six, you know, going all the way back to George Floyd, all of these internal things have a direct impact to what's happening today. So you have the Biden administration that has to work to repair these relationships, right? And not only do that in real time, but for them to make public commitments. For Germany to say, we will take the economic hit, that really is, um, that, that that's a testament to the Biden administration, it's a testament to international security alliances, it's a testament to you know the liberal system and many, um, the liberal institutional system. But there are flaws because there are more autocrats and dictators, you know, emerging in the system and people moving away from democracies. That's not the direction we wanted things to go in, but that's what's happening. So we have to meet that moment. We have to meet the moment of living in an international system that's not filled with gentlemen. You know, Mm -hmm. they're not necessarily interested. You don't
0: get to be the president of your country or prime minister of your country by having little ambition.
4: Exactly, exactly. So, you know, and then we we didn't talk much about China. I'm definitely not a China expert, but in terms of them, you know, aligning more closely to Russia, that definitely just sets up, you know, this power struggle between the East and the West, democracy and some other political forms of social democracy slash communism slash dictatorship slash autocracy versus, you know, um, Coalition building and alliances, and actually meaning when you sign a piece of paper, when you sign a treaty, that you're gonna try at the very least to you know um, keep your word. You know, just give it um, a little
0: effort, just a just a it, tiny, just a tiny little bit of effort when it, you
4: go. I'm so I'm so irritated with people who are just like you know uh, Russia violated Minsk. Um. Let's backtrack all the way up to when Ukraine first got their independence. And there was a little thing called the Budapest Memorandum that was signed. That Russia signed onto that said, we're going to respect Ukraine's sovereignty. Ukraine had to give up a lot of their weapons, mostly all of their weapons. And a lot of Ukrainians are very upset about that moment in history because in 2014, Mr. Putin said, honey, oh, that was a different um, government. I have nothing to do with that. okay. So you were dealing with these types of people. (laughs) Like that had nothing to do with me, honey. (laughs) I
0: kind of like that though. I mean, we got, we gotta be honest when he does something good. Like he's like, that's not me. I didn't do that. You can't, don't put that on me. That ain't me. I mean, I was here. I was very involved, but don't put that on me.
4: (laughs) I mean, you know, all of these treaties and, and all these things that Russia have kind of like lightly, you know, signed on to like, even as, as early as january russia recommitted to the um, nuclear proliferation treaty um will he won't he <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know he's already threatened to, to to take to take it all the way so i
0: doing that is like me telling my wife i'm actually going to cook four times this week <laughs> we all know i'm ordering uber Eats. it's just not happening <laughs> like, i'm not going to do that nola i want to thank you so much for your time we'd love to have you back and share more stories and more of your insight it was very valuable thank you so much
4: Thank you so much. And, and I where can
0: people find your work and um, donate to your organization?
4: Oh, thank you. So um, Women of Color Advancing Peace and Security. I am the director of the West Coast chapter and we have chapters all around the world. Our headquarters is in DC. We have chapters in France. We have chapters in Ghana. So you can definitely find me um, on the wcaps.org uh, website. It's under West Coast. And then also all of my social media is Nola Haynes. I like to keep it simple. So, um, you know, find, you know, find me there. Definitely follow the work that we're doing on WCAPS. And if you are on the West Coast, please, 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 please become a member. Or if you're whatever city you're in, become a member, um, especially if you work around or have interest in security. We welcome men, women, they, everyone. We are all inclusive. And um, the work that we are doing, you know, privileging the, the, the health and safety of women around the world. It is one of the most incredible um, experiences of my professional career. So that's where you can find me. And that's who we are at WCAPS and CHAPS. Thank you so much. And I would love to come back.
0: Thank you so much.
4: Oh, I'm going to be on uh, Nicole Wallace tomorrow. Oh, okay. Yes, honey, mm-hmm. yes. And <laughs> Tiffany Cross Saturday morning. So um, shout out to MSNBC, you know, for giving this, this, this Black woman um, a platform. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much, Nola. When I left that conversation, I thought about everything that she said, especially the latter parts of the conversation, a lot like mm-hmm. how it affects you and how looking and, and you see it. Like she said that she said this to me on Friday. I interviewed her on either Thursday or Friday of last week, had not seen a single video about what was happening with the Africans in Ukraine. And when I saw it, I was like, my god man she is fucking right about everything she said that's mm-hmm. where it comes from like that is imperialism it's colonialism and it's white supremacy in a nutshell yeah it's
1: again it's good to get different perspectives because it's shit like honestly i had i hadn't seen it until right over the weekend and i wouldn't have even thought to seek to seek out stories like that so
0: the two people that yeah. i've heard from that uh, most impact on their interpretation of what's going on was from the ambassador of Kenya whenever he was speaking to the UN and then Nola Hades. Like, and it's mm-hmm. not even close. Like the analysis that I've seen from other places, it's not even close to what those two have provided. And hopefully they don't need to provide it much longer because the world, it seems, the world is looking at authoritarian type leadership right now and saying, you know what? Fuck, no, no. Like, we don't want that shit. And that's at the time, like, all this stuff is going on in Ukraine. And you have a sitting member of Congress who goes down to a white supremacy fucking CPAC or whatever it was uh, with Nick Fuentes, the white supremacist Nazi, and Marjorie Green Taylor, Taylor Green, whatever the fuck it is. She's out there and getting up right after this dude's talking about, they say that Putin's like Hitler. I don't know if that's a bad thing or not. Like, and you have a member of Congress that's speaking at that same type of conference it's bullshit all the way across the board um hopefully friday we'll have more clarity about what's going on there'll be the initial invasion of of um ukraine is over hopefully the conflict is over because they're having peace talks i doubt that but, but yeah what do you
1: I'm i like, don't know I, people like keep that, asking me i'm like i have no way I have we don't no know idea. no yeah. one
0: knows u.s intelligence doesn't know no one knows what's going on the only thing that we know is that it's horrific as i think one of the biggest concerns that folks have um, that I've gotten over and over again since Putin announced that they are going to have the nuclear deterrence team activated or whatever the fuck they phrased it as, just this, so much bullshit as their peacekeeping mission that they were initially going to have. When I heard that, I thought, I, I don't think it's possible, one, because- oligarchs like the billionaires in Russia they don't want that you're seeing high profile billionaires from Russia already speaking out against Putin what's in the past that has not happened um Ovechkin who is one of the most notable Russians in the United States and has lived here for 20 years he is usually very pro Putin I mean even up until the invasion his profile picture on Twitter was him having a Stanley Cup ring and President Putin was in the picture with him Even he's like, we don't want war. The people who are notable in Russia are all saying no. Eventually, that type of thing is going to erode the trust and the fear of President Putin. I put out a thread or put out a tweet this weekend that I really believe is true. What happens in Ukraine, even if they temporarily take control of Ukraine and set up a, a puppet government, the fear that Putin elicits to the people in the Eastern Bloc is gone, I believe, because they see the way that the Ukrainians have fought and that they have that fighting spirit and have kicked the fucking shit out of them in a lot of ways. Will and might mean more than material weapons. And we saw that with our own forces. I mean, America's forces compared to what folks in Iraq and Afghanistan had at their disposal disposal was night and day. Mm -hmm. Didn't matter. In a lot of places they whooped our asses in a lot of Mm -hmm. ways. Like, and it made it very difficult. I don't know how you move on if you're Putin. I don't know how he recovers, and I don't think he ever will. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah, great. I think it's great thinking, you're absolutely yeah. right. Um, and also,
1: once my, that aside, my roast, there's no way he'll he'll oh, recover. Oh, no that.
0: way. Like once he hears that bad boy, he might as well just pack it up. Putin's going to have to get the fuck out of Russia and he's not even going to be able to use a good company like our good friends at Cross Country Mortgage because Putin, you can get out and you're not moving in. We are going to move though with Cross Country Mortgage. They're dedicated to whatever it takes to help you set up with a great mortgage and they're experts. Keep things simple and clear along along the way with no mind games. Cross Country Mortgage has a team of loan officers dedicated to getting the best possible loan terms available. They have an average close time of 21 days, which is ridiculously fast. Make sure that you're going with them at crosscountrymortgage.com/slash barstool so cross country mortgage can take care of you through the whole bro. Um, buying process, but it's not just buying, it's refinancing, anything basically you could do with the house. If you're just looking to refinance, if you want to take out some of your equity, because a lot of folks, if you've been in your house for a while and you saw the housing boom of this last year, you probably picked up some equity. You can get that out for, for, uh, I don't know if it's free for a low fee and do all those things. Go to ccm.com slash barstool. So cross country mortgage can take care of you through the home buying process. All right, let's move on to save rounds and alibis. Catherine.
1: Ah, uh, I mean, this is silly to say now that I've got, I finally got my fridge. For anyone who cares, <laughs> oh
0: my God! Oh my God!
4: Okay, fine. Southern treat.
0: Bye. No, 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 no. It's fine. Tell us about your fridge, Kate. I don't like it. <laughs> oh no you waited like six months for this thing why
1: don't you I like, like it? it they bought the it's the cheapest Ugh. uh it has no handles on it it's just a mm. giant silver square and when you tug on it the whole fridge moves you got to really rip the doors open there's no handles Anyway, you got to
0: move you got to get the fuck out of there
1: um there's no water or ice machine or anything in it which i know this weird thing's going on okay <laughs> in context <laughs> mm. <laughs>
0: I know. You know what? It's a great fridge. No, no. See, I think that that's your, how you're feeling, Kate, is valid. And it's making all my food taste like new fridge smell. Oh, that is the worst. It's almost like whenever got you... Got a hoagie the other day. It's like drinking water from a hose and you can still taste yes. rubber.
1: Yes. So you think you guys got this new fridge, man.